Yo. What up, homie? So, you joined the club. I I guess I did. The sister fucker NASCAR club? <laughs> what? You had to get your tooth pulled, right? Yeah. So now you got that big gap right in the front? Yeah. Your front tooth? Thanks for spoiling the story. Oh. Of the time I went to the dentist to get a crown. <laughs> what? Yeah. So I I told you last week that... Yeah, I thought it was a... Okay, so there's a story. Go yeah. ahead. Like I said last week, I went to the dentist because it felt weird, and they said, hey, your, uh, your tooth is is split, like it's starting to crack, and we need to crown that thing ASAP. So... I think I missed the crown part. Hmm. So I went back. They... They said, come back in a week. Uh, so I did. And then that whole week I was like, like it was getting more swollen, um, like on the gum above the tooth and everything. And I still like when I bit down and my teeth didn't like align correctly, um, like that tooth was hitting first. So I couldn't quite close my mouth. Just really annoying. And so they're getting me prepped. Um they get me all numbed up. They bring in like this uh, thing that they squirt. Basically, I don't know, like co- it's like literally a little cock gun. And then I'm supposed to bite down on that to get an impression. Uh, and that left residue behind, which tasted delicious, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, uh, and so like they're all, everything's ready to get this crown. They've got everything set up. And I tell the dentist or i tell the the dental hygienist or whoever was help, was helping with the prep hey you know all the things i just said and she's like well we'll bring in i'll bring in another dentist just to get a second opinion right before um and so he comes in and he's like hey here we're having some current concerns i explained to him one more time and he's like all right let me get in there and basically comes back is like, yeah, your your tooth is pretty fucked. <laughs> and I was like, He's just like, holy shit. <laughs> and I was like, cool. What does that mean? He's like, I we could we could get the crown, but I'm not going to recommend it because you'll be back here in a month to get it pulled anyway. So I'm going to say we should pull it today. And I was like, that's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> because yeah, like I don't know. I don't take the best care of them, but I still like my teeth. Mm-hmm. I would, if given the option, I would prefer that they all stay in my mouth. Yes. Uh, but yeah, he. It, the good news is it was like a quarter of the cost. Because it was only a quarter of the tooth. <laughs> but the bad news is, uh, getting an implant or a bridge is going to probably cost a lot more than just a crown. So which where where is it? Is it towards the back too? It is my first molar. Okay, so that's another story. Is like the dental. I had to sign a bunch of paperwork. So you signed a bunch of paperwork that says, hey, uh, we could break your jaw. Uh, you could start bleeding and just never stop. Mm-hmm. And you have to like initial next to all these yeah, things. We could, like, we could ruin every other tooth in your mouth in this process. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things. Let basically. me initial next to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so she's like, all right, uh, it's tooth. It's like tooth number 14 is your first molar. And I kind of like, you know, ran my tongue. I'm like, I'm like no, it's I'm pretty sure it's my second molar. And I was like, all right, you, you only have one bicuspid, right? And she's like, yeah, you have a bicuspid and then your molars. So and she keeps telling me it's my first molar. And so I'm going my thing. I was like, okay, cuspid, that's your, your canine, right? Mm-hmm. And then 
I'm the, do, as you're doing this, I'm moving my tongue around my mouth. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so is every listener right now. They're yeah. like, that, that was the one he had pulled. Okay. Uh, and then that's what our listeners sound like, by the way. <laughs> 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 uh, and then you have bicuspid next to that. Okay. And then, uh, your first molar. And I'm like, no, it's not that one. It's the one after. And she kept telling me cuspid, bicuspid, molar. And I'm going, yes, cuspid, bicuspid, molar. And so I like have her look in my mouth and go, see, it's not that one. It's that one. She's like, yeah, it's your first molar. And I was like, so what's that to you? She's like, that's your premolar. It's like, we just had all this <laughs> all this discussion about it goes cuspid, bicuspid, molar. And you kept telling me that's how it goes. And then, oh, that's your premolar. So how many do you have left behind it? So you have uh, you yeah you have cuspid bicuspid premolar and then three molars but your last one is your wisdom tooth which a lot most people well, a lot of people they either never come in or they get them taken out I still have my all my wisdom teeth they've okay. never so we had the same jacked. one pulled but I had my wisdom teeth gone yeah so you have two teeth behind your missing one and right, I have, you one. have one cool good to know mm-hmm. what on side? the upper left side yeah yeah woo air high five woo both missing number fourteen. <laughs> So are you going to get something done? No, I don't think so. It's not bothered me at all. Really? Like, and I don't feel like it's noticeable at all. I have yet to chew on that side of my mouth. Yeah, but it's still fresh, though. I didn't eat though. for like 28 hours. It's still fresh, though. Yeah. So. I mean, it's been, what? We were going to record on that day. Yep. Uh, and then that happened. And then I was like, hey, do you want to record? Because I think it would be hilarious as... The numbing wears off. I do the podcast <laughs> yes. as that happens, and I just become more and more in pain. Yeah. And I thought that that would make for good radio. It, it might And you have. were like, that might have been, but probably not. Also, <laughs> I have obligations. So. Yeah. Um, did you have a good Labor Day? Uh, yeah, I didn't really do anything, so that's good. Good. It's a start. I mean, I was anticipating getting a crown on Labor Day. Oh, was that the same day? Well, no, it was... Between dentist appointments. Oh, Labor okay. Day. Like smack dab in the middle there. Okay, never mind. I was like, that seems weird that they'd book you on Labor Day. <laughs> Didn't follow that. I'm an idiot. No. Good. I did get my crowns the day after Christmas because I called on like, I think Christmas Eve and was like, yo, I need to get this done. Are you guys open on the day after Christmas? And they were like, yes. And I was like, I'm coming in that day because before I got my crowns, it was the worst pain i've ever experienced in my life probably still the worst pain i've ever experienced in my life yeah mine was my gallbladder attacks i'm sure yeah though when the whole time i was having those gallbladder attacks i wasn't suicidal but i was thinking like i'd be okay if i died right now you've heard of suicide headaches right like cluster cluster migraines i think or cluster headaches i've never heard them called that but uh but they call them suicide migraines or suicide headaches because there's just like people that get these migraines continuously for their life there's this huge percentage of people like when you're diagnosed with that they're immediately like please don't kill yourself (laughs) um and i was thinking like i was thinking about that while i was having my gallbladder attacks like Mm -hmm. at what point would it be a viable decision and the thing is is on the scale of human pain gallbladder attacks is probably nowhere near going through chemo or being set on fire yeah it's probably like a seven or an eight i don't i've that's the best i got yeah. Or worst I got. But I'm just saying. But it's saying, like the Richter scale. It's logarithmic. Yeah. I always feel, even when they like ask me, like, 
the the, the zero through ten pain scale. Mm-hmm. I never, even though that's the worst I've ever experienced, mm-hmm. I'm like I'm not on fire. <laughs> so I think I might be being a baby a little bit. Yeah, I can be a total pussy, or I can be like a total champ, and it really depends on mood and not the pain. And if there's a female around you for you to complain to. Uh, yeah <laughs> back in the day mommy or yep, now like exactly. hey girlfriend yep exactly uh, yeah i did she uh I, I was like hey i just got my tooth out she's like what uh and i was like yeah they blah 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 uh and then the next day like i went there and like it just it just felt like i got punched in the face um they gave me like codone some opiate um, but I didn't even get that filled because I'm a man and also I don't want opioids. Yeah, I got them then and I got them like with my surgeries or whatever. And uh, I think I took a couple like right after, but then I was like, I don't feel like I want these. Like I'm I'm intimidated by them. Yeah, I yeah, definitely. And I And I don't even feel like I've ever felt anything other than the pain numbing part of it. Mm-hmm. Which I'm happy about, but still they scare me. You know, yeah. it's not even like I've enjoyed them. I hear there's a crisis going on. <laughs> Have you? Yeah, it's weird. I haven't heard anything about mm. that. Yeah, that's bizarre. It's uh, it's because you only follow the mainstream media. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's good. Um, can I tell you about a book? Just sure. one little one little thing. Since the the theme of this was books, it is a book theme episode. Actually, I can tell you what the theme of this episode oh, is. Oh, is there a sub theme? The theme, uh, theme is women startledly waking up in bed. Pretty sure that happens in both movies. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, obviously, one more so than the other. Yeah. Uh, this. This is going poorly for me. Yeah, it's almost like you should have like had this. I know. At, at least I didn't prompt it and then yeah. start talking mm-hmm. about this. Uh, so this isn't going to work, huh? Oh, it was a it was a picture. That's why <laughs> it was a picture because I was reading a physical book. Are you ready? So I'm reading this book. Uh, I'm going to give you. I was looking at my screenshots. It wasn't a screenshot. It was a physical picture. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the full, before I only gave a sentence, I'm going to give you the full paragraph. Are you ready? Uh, okay. Okay. With no context. Zero context. He started nailing in one board and wrinkled his nose. The mix of mold and decay was palpable. It smelled like something had died in here. He tried to block it out and focused on setting the board. He should use his electric gun for this, but sometimes it just felt good going old school. His shoulders would thank him later not okay it's literally i mean you hate the not part. i hate the not it's literally like a wayne's world 1990s joke mm-hmm. in the middle of this totally normal book is it uh, it is not i mean in it sounds character. like his and stuff no. so is it third person omniscient or is it uh Second person, third person, subjective. I'm not going to pretend that I can remember off the top of my head. Okay. Like, is is are, does the narr does the narrator does the know everything about everything, 
Or does he only know about the character he's talking through? He knows about the character. Okay. So it's third person subjective. So basically that's not exactly inner monologue. No, that's my it, it's but not it's, at but all. But it is but it is still subjective, so But it is also doesn't that is the only time anything like that happens. And not it's not like this is a cheeky read that stuff like that happens constantly. Mm-hmm. That is the single time that anything like that comes up. And it stood out so fucking much. And I hated it. Okay. I hated it. Uh, I posted. Given only just that paragraph, I'm fine with it. Uh, I uh, I posted like my, how it, that was dumb or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like an author friend of mine said that he, on Facebook said that he uh, had, he hit a Deuce Bigelow reference in one of his books and I was like god damn it challenge accepted so now I have to go watch Deuce Bigelow again before I read this book uh, I'm really not looking forward to my life and then I was like oh it's not streaming anywhere I have to spend money on this and I was like which of my friends would have Deuce Bigelow and I was like saxophone Ryan will own Deuce Bigelow yes <laughs> I, re- I will borrow it from saxophone Ryan I really hope it's that's a huge bitch uh, it's that's the only line I yes, remember from Deuce Bigelow. I know it's not because I searched the word bitch on the Kindle <laughs> to see, <laughs> see if I could avoid watching the movie. And it's not. That's the only thing that I remember, too. Hmm. The word bitch isn't in the whole book? No, it is. Oh, okay. To, but there's no... Just no huge bitch. Correct. No huge bitch. So that was disappointing. Hmm. Hmm. So I like that the most memorable thing in a Rob Schneider movie is a comment yelled from off screen <laughs> from an unknown character. Yeah, I'm 100% on page though. On, on, <laughs> I refer I think that to myself. Very rarely do I ever get to use it because it it's it's very specific. It's very specific, but I think it way more often than I've ever been able to say it. <laughs> because you don't want to be too mean about it and you have to have the right group of people with you that would know like that correct meanness is more referencing the reference as opposed yeah. to making fun of the person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very difficult to land that reference. It's a hard one. Yeah. Especially as a liberal snowflake. <laughs> yeah. A snowflake. <laughs> um, dive into come back to me. Sure. Give us a synopsis. Okay. Synopsis for this movie is uh, a, uh, a woman has a neighbor move in. And she starts experience after that. She starts experiencing uh, blackouts, yep, or time kept, time she, loss, right? T- yeah, loss of time. She she would wake up randomly, uh, and so she has to figure out why these are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie's bad. The movie's not good. Uh, the premise. Let me give you the elevator pitch for the premise, mm-hmm. which is amazing. A psychotic serial killer has the gift of life. Fantastic premise. Mm-hmm. I want to see that movie. This is not that movie. Uh, it's that book. <laughs> <laughs> it's that book. Um, yeah, let's dive in. Yeah. So um, we start, we open with uh, a woman getting murdered. Yeah, we open on a kid talking to a bunny. While a uh, their parents very violently fight yes. in the background, uh, and he ends up peeking in and seeing blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, father has killed mother, mm-hmm. right? 
uh, police show and police officer walks in, sees what's going on, sees the dead mom. Yeah. After shooting the father, mm-hmm. sees dead mom, goes outside and pukes. Okay. First question. Uh-huh. And this goes through the kid acting and uh, his character later is an adult acting. Mm-hmm. Is he slow or just a psychopath? He's just a psychopath. Because he seems like he was played slow as both the kid and the adult. Uh, I don't disagree. And that's why I have a hard time. I'm going to have a hard time different because I know the source material. Mm-hmm. And I really hold the source material in high regard. Uh but I understand that question. Is the source but, material but, told from the woman's perspective? More so, yes. Okay. Uh, m- not that's more. My, that's my problem with this movie. Hold on. Not more so than the movie. It's told more so of hers than anybody's. Mm-hmm. But you know way more than she does most of the time. Like you okay. get. Um, because the 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 reveal of this movie, like it happens in the midpoint. The, the, there's no reveal in the book yeah so in the book uh you know that he breathes life into her at the very beginning of the movie okay um and you know maybe not the first time um what happens to sarah is that her name probably sure let's roll we're gonna call her sarah so uh you you see it from her perspective the first time but then every time after that that she's raped and murdered um you're seeing it from with him so it's Mm -hmm. so you know how horribly her brains are all over the place when he hit her with a hammer right okay and then she wakes up and is fine yeah so you it's it's more from hers as opposed to his but uh because i compare everything to dexter when it comes to serial killers Mm -hmm. because i think it's the best serial killer thing that i've seen so Mm -hmm. far uh, but Dexter with the gift of life, like fault making him the main character, mm-hmm. I think would be fantastic. Yeah. Like I want to steal that premise and make a better movie than what this was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got more to talk about that in a little bit as far as what he does. Sure. Um, so he ends up growing up. Oh, I'm sorry. So then the woman and the son walk out and the cops like what the fuck i just saw the state you were in you know and in the book that doesn't happen till the end That's oh part is, of is the that reveal. a flashback okay yeah um which yeah the whole flashback in the middle of the movie to the beginning of the movie is stupid um yeah i don't yeah the the intro it's ends hard for me to remember chronologically bedroom, but i feel like and it, her feet twitch and then i feel like in the book day. All of this is said at the very beginning because okay. you, you see there's like literal yeah. pieces of her all over the place. Like the cop goes in, sees literal pieces of this woman all over the place. Mm-hmm. There's no way that she could be alive. Yeah. But then she is. Yeah. I feel like this, they wanted a reveal. But if you want to reveal, the reveal has to happen like in the third act, not in the middle of the second act. Because mm-hmm. it's not impactful. If you make a reveal at the middle of the second act, you're telling us that the reveal doesn't matter and you're just blowing past it. But I feel like it made a big deal of the reveal. Like it was supposed to be this big thing and then the movie continued like with this premise that the reveal is big, but it it wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. Um, 
So Dale grows up, moves across the street from this couple, mm-hmm. um, and is immediately a weirdo. Yeah. Let me talk about the filmmaking and this is bad. Uh, the first time we see Sarah, like it's that alarm goes off shot, right? Mm-hmm. Except the camera is tilted 90 degrees. Alarm goes off and she wakes up. She gets up and the camera like goes with her in that like, it's like a pseudo, um, God, what's the, what's the Darren, Aronof- David Darren Aronofsky film? Requiem for a Dream? Yeah. It's like the pseudo Requiem for a Dream. Kind of like it's stuck, the camera stuck to her. And it's like, it's actually nauseating almost, the shot. Plus it made her neck look alien. It was weird. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing was a bad idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't disagree. I feel like it's a, this is an example, like when I talked to him at KillerCon or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, this is what happens when somebody else takes over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's. That's just what happens. I'm just going to gripe this up about this movie. That's fine. So the beginning says like it's 1989 or something, and then it says present day. I, I'm i not watching the movie when like in theaters, right? So either say 20 years later or eight years later or whatever, whatever it is, don't say present day. Say 20 years ago, present day. Or, or I follow. Like, because you're putting... If you're giving now, a year, you have to also give a time span between. Yes, I get what you're saying. Totally. Because if I'm watching this 30 years from now and it's like 1989 in the present day, yeah, that makes no sense. I have no sense of timeline. Yeah. And all, then um, it turns into Texas Chainsaw 3D. <laughs> and I was only, what, four years removed from this and I have no idea. Was this 2014? Yeah. It was like, and I have no idea when it's supposed to take place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree about that. Um, so Dale's a creeper. Obviously he's got a thing for Sarah. Uh, and, uh, he ends, he works at the, uh, the grocery store. You already passed things that I have complaints about. Go ahead. Is it cookies? It's, it's, it's the scene, right? So they go over and introduce themselves and Mm -hmm. like, Hey, you're the new neighbor. You must've got this place really cheap. Uh, cause you're young and look stupid. So there's no way you could afford this if it wasn't cheap. Uh, so then they have this conversation and it's like, what do you do? Well, I, uh, I work in construction or something. I don't remember. I don't even remember what he does because it doesn't matter. But then he like Who gushes is he? over what she does. Oh, yeah. But it, And then he's like, well, you know, I'm the dumb one. She's the smart one. She's doing this and this and this and this. And it's just to, to get that. Uh, it's just to drop that she's working in research about pornography so that that can come up later. But it's so weird. Like, I know couples, like, I don't know how many times I've gushed over Marianne. Like, oh, she's like this great artist. Well, you've talked about your, your proclivity of, of creating liquids. So that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but this just seemed gushed. awkward and not how people talk it's at all. It's not how people talk. And, and just like, she's just standing there. Like, she she could have talked for herself but it doesn't seem like they're trying to set up the relationship where he's the dominant one and always like doesn't let her speak for herself because they are having like a back and forth and very much it seems like a 50 50 relationship at least on on the the scene so it's not like they're trying to set up like 
I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to do other than drop that bit of exposition. That's a hundred percent what they're trying to do is they're trying to cram. Like we talked about before, you're trying to cram 300 pages of a novel into yeah. as, as uh, a 90 minute, 90 and, and page just, screenplay. It, and it just read like he, like read like, like clip, uh, like notes. a high school, like a high schooler trying to rattle off a Shakespearean soliloquy. Right. Where it's just like, un, like unenthusiastically enthusiastic, and just it just wrote like he's done this a billion times mm-hmm. uh we did that is our first cookie shot yes did you keep track of cookies i kept track of garbage cans so Guess a lot of what? garbage cans yes uh he when she, after, at, before the scene they uh she wakes up he is making breakfast and oh yeah the bacon goes in the trash the bacon goes in the trash can and mm-hmm. then they hold for like four seconds on it's the a trash long can. bacon trash can show. right mm-hmm. and then later after that she makes popcorn and she throws the popcorn in the trash and you get a, a overhead shot of the trash can and then she inst- later she installs the um the smoke alarm camera and she throws the thing in the outside garbage. Mm-hmm. And you very much see that. And so as as somebody who knows filmmaking, what I was thinking they were trying to subconsciously do is watch the garbage is important, watch the garbage is important, and then boom, here's what's important. The security camera is in the garbage. Obviously, he goes through their garbage and finds out that there's a security camera in there and he's going to retaliate, Right. Obviously, that's what you're trying to tell me with this bit of filmmaking. No, then they never show another shot of garbage can. It never fucking comes up. He never goes through their garbage. It's just three shots of garbage cans for a total of like 12 seconds of wasted screen time. Uh, how Gah! How many cookie shots, uh, cookie times came up? Because I have your answer. Uh, okay, so when they first meet cookies. There's one. Uh, she scans cookies at the grocery uh, they scan those cookies. She put them in the cart too. Okay, she put them in the cart. Uh, do, do they scan them? I don't. I didn't write down scanning. I don't. Okay. I don't remember. I remember them in the grocery okay, store. Okay, so they're in the. They go in the cart. Yes. Okay, so that's. Uh, also, overhead cart shot. That means nothing. Uh. It's like a <laughs> depositing something in, right? Maybe it's the maybe. Maybe it's ma- sperm. It's sperm. You're making a deposit. The cookies are sperm. Yes, the cookies are sperm. Bacon is sperm. Mm-hmm. Security cameras. Security cameras are sperm. There you go. Fire, so that's what it yeah. is. You're making a deposit. You're mm-hmm. doing an insert. You're inserting. Uh, fuck this movie. Uh, okay, so that's two. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit. Okay. Um, she sneaks into his... It, are we just sneaking into his house yet? You've missed I some. I missed some. Yeah. So he eats them while he's sitting on the floor. Like he has to eat okay, all yeah, of they them that she made there. for him, right? He brings back the plate. Does he that bring, count? It's yeah, full of crumbs. I counted it. I counted okay. it. I mean, uh, it's about cookies, right? Yeah. That's what I was counting. Yeah. Uh, so now are we at when she breaks in? Um, no. Because uh, I know there's he two references, there. He references to her. That's the brand. Remember, you started me on that cookie brand. Yeah, he also specifically asked her what brand. What brand it is? Yeah, but that's when he. But that's the when he does back, it. So I didn't count scene. that. Yeah, I didn't count that. He has a then cabinet you, full of them. Then you have the cabinet full. He has like a little like his next to his bedroom wall. Good. 
Uh, Doing really good. Uh, I don't remember like what happens post. Oh, she uh, makes him cookies. Yep, she he demands that he makes she makes him cookies. Um, yeah, well, one she's, more. She's seducing him with cookies. Yep, got yeah, one more. Uh, one more. Shit. After ah. she makes them, I'm counting that as one. Oh, after she makes them, he eats them. Yes. Yeah. So I got nine cookie instances. So and also, he eats them. She makes sure that he eats them, and she specifically doesn't uh, partake at all. She drugged those cookies, right? Uh, no, because that's he's what you're. Fine. That's what you're telling <laughs> yeah, me. No, that's when not. you make these <laughs> as a hey, let's get closer together, let's bond. Yes, I'm gonna make these cookies. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want any. Mm-hmm. You're telling me you drugged those cookies. Of course. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, Wrath James White was onto something because you would be plastered. If you took a shot every time cookies are brought up in this movie, and especially because all like four out of those, four or five out of those come in the first half hour. Was that nine? That was nine. So you, that is a good drinking game. He's, <laughs> he's right on the money with that. Um, okay. So you're obviously way more detailed than me. So you keep going. So, uh, okay. So then, um, first, first event happens, right? Mm-hmm. She, uh, she wakes up, she, he stays late because he, he he's a poker dealer. Mm-hmm. He stays late. She uh, falls asleep on the couch mm-hmm. and then wakes up in the bed mm-hmm. uh, and doesn't remember how she got there. Correct. Uh, so she's a little a little freaked out. Yep. Uh, Her clothes are washed. Yeah, she finds yeah she finds stuff in the dryer. Um, so then he. She he comes home and she's like, "Hey, I'm freaked out and everything," and he's like, "You know what? I'm gonna take the day off. I'm gonna call in uh, sick to work and take the day off." If you tell if so, what's the next scene? Obviously, the next scene is he's home when she's home and something happens, oh, right? Okay. No, wait. You cut to nighttime when he would be home anyway. Mm-hmm. And fucking, like, he didn't need to take the day off. <laughs> because Or because y- you didn't show anything that happened with him taking the day off. You just cut directly to nighttime when he would just be home anyway. Mm-hmm. Because normally he works the day shift that's established. Yes. that The fact that he was working at night well, because he picked up an extra shift. Mm-hmm. So he works the day shift and he called in sick. And then nothing happened while he called in sick. He's being a supporting husband. That's fine. You don't need to see it. I know. You're right. Because, uh, you know what? Things mean things, right? <laughs> if I if I just started like rattling off words in English, mm-hmm. you'd be like, yeah, that's English, but it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Filmmaking is a language. Storytelling is a language. And you have to use the right words. If you say something, the grammar of the story necessitates a comma there, right? Grapefruit. Grapefruit comma. <laughs> you're, you know, you're, that's a pause. Snorkel. So when you do something in the story, when you, when you have a shot that stays or that seems important, that like... You're telling them, hey, remember this thing. Mm -hmm. You're doing it subconsciously, but people who analyze film, which is kind of what this podcast is, get to know at least a little bit of an understanding of that language. 
things mean things. Mm-hmm. You can't just randomly say shit and not do anything about it. Is our next incident when he is involved at night? Yes. Is that the next one? Okay. Yes. Uh, so Dale ends up getting into the home. Uh, he. She. That's when she finds the recording. Because she was recording a note right before she passed out the first time. Mm-hmm. She plays back the note. Uh, now that it's nighttime, not during the day, now that it's nighttime, after her husband stayed home from work and obviously nothing important happened, mm-hmm. uh, she starts going over her notes for her paper uh, to get to kind of return to normalcy. And she finds uh, Dale on the tape. Or some someone on the tape, and she's like, "Hey, husband, like husband, I don't remember what the fuck his name was." Uh, Josh. Josh. Okay. Hey, Josh. Presumably not with a micro penis. Uh, <laughs> presumably. Presumably, but he doesn't have any swimmers. Uh, hey, come listen to this really fucked up thing. Oh God, you have a bag over your head. And so she rips open the bag and then uh, is dragged behind the island. Mm-hmm. And they both wake up on the couch. Yep. Uh, not feeling great. Uh, and they both are on the same page. Something is fucked up. Something weird is going on. Yeah. Let's get out of here for a little while. So she has a th- therapist or something? I, she has a doctor on call who's pregnant? I don't know what the fuck their relationship is. Uh, I think... It's a friend that is also like a nurse or whatever. Okay. So uh, she goes to her and she's like, hey, uh, remember that accident that I had that we we're just now talking about for the first time? Well, they established I, that when she was showering. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had the scar. Now the scar's gone. Mm-hmm. So my thought there is I jumped all the way to... He's a really good surgeon, and he wants to make his mommy, and he wants to make her perfect. Okay. And so that's what he's that's that's his gift and his weirdness. Okay. So that's where I was with the movie at this mm-hmm. point. Okay. So they end up going to Vegas, or they're in Vegas, but they go to a hotel for the weekend mm-hmm. or week, I think. Yeah. Everything is great in the world everything's awesome everything's great they were their relationship was rocky they have a bunch of sex which makes everything better Mm -hmm. uh she doesn't have any freak outs no no missing time time. yep uh and again that was one scene (laughs) once and then they just talk about it that was probably all the budget they had was outside that window oh yeah i imagine uh so dale ends up seeing her home and he's like super fucking weird where were you mm-hmm. why didn't you tell me you were le- just everything that you yeah. would do wrong yeah. to be a fucking creepy weirdo mm-hmm. he does yeah uh and i enjoyed that scene that's probably my favorite dale scene is when he is legitimately being creepy yeah and i feel like she responded appropriately which is uh it's none of your fucking business yeah dude <laughs> you're my neighbor why don't you go fuck off? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. But much nicer. Yeah. Not, yeah. Uh, but also a little cold. Like the yeah. appropriate level of cold. Yes. The appropriate level of cold. Yes. She didn't say fuck off. No. She meant it. But her eyes did. <laughs> no. Dale said her eyes said fuck me. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just what he he misinterpreted. Yes. Um, 
So as soon as they get back, uh, does he work night again? Um, when does the so we end up? I think as soon as camera. they get back, she finds out she's pregnant. So she finds out he's preg- she's pregnant. She tells him. Yeah, because uh, the the scene she just found out she was pregnant at the scene outside. Okay. Because she's telling friend about. Okay, this is another gripe that I guess I didn't write down. Uh, oh no, she already she did a B and E after. The, what? I don't know why these are out of order. She Maybe. hasn't done a breaking and entering yet. Okay. She does that right a- immediately after that. Immediately after he creeps her out, he goes and over there right it doesn't matter yeah that's right it doesn't so matter. yeah she has a she does the b and e and then that's when she finds all the shit and then uh he does the thing again and she wakes up on her couch so all of the and shit then all of the shit though yeah all of the shit is photos of his mother mm-hmm. and women in various states of deadness for for different reasons right so yeah uh it's they're very close-up shots so i I didn't know that they were dead. They looked just could have been yeah sleeping. Um, he could have been a sleeper creeper. Yeah, but like on the back it said like hit with hammer or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that's the great thing about this this part in the book is like is that you she's seeing herself dead in all of these various ways with her brains brains splattered all over or whatever. Okay. You can't really show that in a in an R rated film, you know. Yeah, you can. Have you seen RoboCop? No. What? I don't know what to tell you. Uh, what? Hold on. No. Really? Really. That's a horror movie. Yeah. I was thinking the about it. The first 10 minutes definitely hurt. Yeah. However. Yeah. Yeah. I think I might have seen the first 10 minutes when I was really little and then like cried and my parents were like, this is not a, this is not just a RoboCop movie. This is. <laughs> Yeah, Rubicop was a hard R. Yeah. A hard R. Anyway, so so whether or not you can show that you can show that point that I was making is that the the revelation of that is a lot more visceral uh in there because it's definitely more rotten dot com as opposed mm-hmm. to sleeping bodies or whatever. Yeah. When she finds them in the book. Yeah, the the most visceral thing in this is he's got a uh a cabinet full of cookies and popcorn. <laughs> and burned bacon. That was a waste of bacon. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even that burned. It was salvageable. It was pretty burned. Yeah. It was, there were some chunks on there you could eat. Uh, so she does some I don't think normal people think like that. She finds, <laughs> she finds uh, just how fucked up he is and decides to right. install a camera. Uh, so this brings me to a question, right? Mm-hmm. Why are so many characters in movies completely willing and able to do a and e that's something that bothers me so much because it is so not a big deal. Even how many times did fucking Dexter do any any breaking and entering or anything like that? Like, right. But he that made sense. Like he had the code. He had like he didn't care about the law. No, no, no. You're missing my point. But, right. But how many times do you do it? At some point, you're going to get caught doing uh-huh. it. Like th- yeah. th- that's what I mean. Like even if he was confident he didn't give a shit about it it's yeah. like one of these times something is going to go wrong but a character but like the dexter average, and the character like dexter like that bit it does happen yes but like this yeah, average, average woman, person yeah. yeah no it's not going to do that yeah no there's she, yeah 
It happens uh, all the time in movies. It's, it's stupid. Uh, it happens a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so she installs a camera. Okay. So not yet. I don't know. Here's what happens. He finds her. She wakes up on the, the couch and then she brings over her friend and they, she's like, Hey, uh, this shit is, this shit is crazy. Uh, I just found like blood all over my shirt. That's in the, the washing machine or something. Uh, and there's like blood on the, the bathroom floor. Hey, uh, they're like in the bathroom, right? And then the next scene, they like cut to a shot of friend pouring her a glass of wine. And she comes back and she's like, I'm pregnant. So in that time between friend exits bathroom, goes to kitchen, pours a glass of wine. She took a pregnancy test got waited long enough found got the results had time to process those enough to come out and tell her friend i I think women take one every time that they pee yeah that's that's why right yeah i mean they're only like a dollar right yeah (laughs) uh now does she install a camera I think so. Okay, so yeah, she installs so, like a, it's there. It's in around that time. Okay, so she installs a camera. Uh, simultaneously, her husband is freaking out because he has a sperm count of zero and was told that his wife is pregnant. So obviously, she's right. cheating. She on goes him. to his place of work and tells him, "Hey, I'm pregnant," and she's like, "I'll see you at home." And he's like, "Give me a stiff drink." And the bartender is the guy from Scary Movie who has all the pent up, all the pent up cum. I think I watched that once in like ninth grade. Uh, Anna, Anna Ferris is writing him and then she gets stuck to the, like she gets like Spider-Man to the wall from all the cum. Those are not good movies, bro. <laughs> not good. They were okay. They They're fun. They were not. No. The, the first only, two. The only joke that I remember from any of them that I had liked that I thought was funny mm-hmm. was the weigh-ins are sitting there and they say something like, uh, uh, this couldn't be a movie because this is a movie. We'd have a bunch of 30-somethings playing us high school kids. And then they all laughed. That's a good joke. That is a good joke. That is a very good joke. Good yeah. for them. Uh, okay, so now she wakes up again. And she's able to review the camera and see Dale laying out plastic, raping her, and then slitting her throat and killing her. How fucking weird would that be to see? That's a legitimate, like, that concept is great, and I love it, and that's what the entire book is about, Mm -hmm. is that concept. Like, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Uh, And I like it a lot. Maybe not in the movie. I love the premise. I I was going to say, maybe not in the movie that much, but the premise, the concept is great. Yes. A serial (laughs) killer with the gift of life. Boom. (laughs) Right there. Love it. Yes. Uh... Also, at this point in the book, so it, during the book, there's a whole bunch more of these instances that you see and you go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and there may be more than one, but at least one of the times when they're watching video being shown, um, Josh is there as well. And I, if I'm recalling correctly, Dale knows that there's a camera. Okay. So he... Maybe ra- he looked in the garbage. <laughs> so... Dale rapes 
Josh as well, who's very much a little bit more macho and uh, in the book. Uh, so he rapes Josh as well, knowing that he's going to see this video and it's going to fuck him up. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so he consciously kind of fucks with them by letting them see what he's doing. Um, so there's much more debate because in the movie, this is kind of starting to go towards your climax as we know a hundred percent what's happening. Um, let's deal with this guy, right? That's not the case at all in the book. In the book, it's okay. We know this information. What are we going to do? I can't show this to the cops because then they're going to say that it's fake if they're watching me get murdered. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot more debate about how to handle it because you're starting to deal with paranormal things. Um, and I'm just jerking off over the resurrectionists instead of come back to me. Yeah. So the problem with this is right now we're like halfway through the movie. Yeah. It sounds like we've said a lot, but we're halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole back half, the whole back half after the reveal, like I barely took any notes because it just, it's f- fucking terrible. It's just kind of meddling like it's kind of waiting around right so then like we have the climax and uh she like she sets him up i don't even remember what the fuck is happening but she calls josh and is like hey don't just don't go home uh she's not at home and i don't have no idea why uh and dale is going there and so, like, it sets up the the shit. And then the, like, boss battle happens. The boss battle? Sigat! Okay. So, he kills Josh. Mm-hmm. And, well, actually, she kills Josh because uh, she brought a gun and he dressed him up like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then she's like, hey... You know, you know, you fucked me all those times, but I want to remember this time. Let's go to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. She seduces him. Uh, they kiss and she steals his breath. Yeah. And then they fight while she's holding her breath. And then she loses the breath, gets more breath. And then resurrects Josh. It is fucking stupid. Uh, If that's what happened in the book, I'm sorry. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, I don't. There's something like that, uh, for sure. Uh, But I don't remember being angry about it. Like, or it didn't seem nearly as absurd as this does. It is. Maybe it's reading it versus watching it happen. Well, also, it's. Fucking absurd and terrible. Uh, also, you start thinking about the uh, like anytime you watch a movie where somebody's holding their breath, like you kind of, I, I kind of whether it's conscious or not, you're trying to assess whether you could hold your breath along with that person. Mm-hmm. And when you're exerting yourself and things like that, it's not going to happen. Right. So, uh, I don't, I don't disagree. Um. However, she resurrects Josh. Yeah. And. Then they shoot Dale. Yeah. And then, and like, then the only cool thing in the actual movie happens. Which is what? Which is, he's dead, so everyone he brought back to life dies of all the wounds that he killed them with. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I specifically asked Grath about that because I'd read before that he didn't know that was going to be the ending of the movie. And that feels exactly not the ending of the book. It, it is. I'm sorry. Okay. He didn't know that was going to be the ending of the book. And that 100 percent feels like he almost knew the end of the book exactly when he got the concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, that's not it at all. He didn't know. This is the this is the book that I said that he wrote like in three months trying to rush through it. Yeah. And he didn't know the end. If 100 percent. That's not a knock. It just feels like it's such a good ending Yeah, uh, that it feels like that nugget would be there with the beginning and you had to fill in the middle. And that's not at all what he did. Yeah. So it's really interesting. That happens. Yeah. I mean. No, it does. But I'm, I'm, it's the same thing. It's the same, it's the sixth sense ending. Like I feel like mm -hmm. that was M. Night Shyamalan knew that ending and then filled in the middle. Yeah. And that's not what happened here. It was very interesting. Yeah. Like, you know, I made a film in high school. Um, to this day, my favorite shot in that entire movie was an editing mistake. Like, and was I was it thought, when Russ is in there. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, I uh, I accidentally I didn't know how to use the the thing, and I accidentally took a still frame, uh, and it got superimposed, and I was like, "Oh, that looks really cool," and so then I did it intentionally, uh, and it's like my favorite shot in the whole movie. It's good. Um, so I obviously appreciate this a little bit more because I think I love the source material so much. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bleeding through that. Um, but overall, uh, it's not great. Yeah, this movie is not good. And I hate it more because of how good the premise is and how terrible the actual movie is. So like, it's probably like a four or a five. I wouldn't recommend it. It's watchable. But because of how awesome the premise is like it's more like a two or a three yeah because they fail so hard at i uh i really kind of wish we i hadn't used my my novel thing with cows because that was definitely just trying to push you and make you puke mm-hmm. um but i legit i he's my favorite author um like this concept i told you a little bit about when we talked about long pig right i think my mm-hmm. favorite book by him is called succulent Pre- prey and it's got a sequel um and the concept of that is this kid survived a serial killer when he was real little uh, and they cannibalized him a little bit and now he has turned into a cannibal and his, mm-hmm. he's trying to fight it because his thesis is, is I contracted a virus that makes me a serial killer and I don't want to be a serial killer, but I have these compulsions to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome concept, awesome execution. Um, anyway, I feel like you'd appreciate that more than actually cows, but we've already done our <laughs> full novel thing where I made you read it. So yeah misplayed that <laughs> yeah it's almost like you you choose to like oh this will be funny i'll torture him yeah instead of like oh this will be good yeah that's absolutely yeah <laughs> and it worked like, it's I almost like we've you. had this conversation before <laughs> and it worked i tortured you <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny uh good anything else for come back to me no no, no. um yeah disappointing is a good way to describe it definitely yeah and i hate the cover it's just so fucking generic and it looks like it's a monster i mean they're trying to make it look like a monster is gonna come and get her and wake her up from the bathtub And the only fucking bathtub scene in the movie like josh is right there like there's not even like a bathtub scene where she's alone so it's just generic generic cover apropos of nothing yeah that might not be fair to put on the director. The rest of the stuff might be. I don't think that cover can be. 
No, I, I wasn't putting it on the director. I know. I'm just. I'm just saying it's part of the yes. whole shitty canon that is this movie. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Cold in July. You got nothing for the for the bridge. For the bridge, I don't really. You might you need one. your novel thing. You might need one. Well, that didn't go over great anyway, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got a bridge? Not yet. Usually. I'm going to have a consultation to see if I want an implant or a bridge. Yeah. I don't know the pros and cons of each. I don't know. So you're going for it already? You're not even going to try to live without? Oh, no. I buy one all my teeth. Like, well, that's for certain. You don't already have all your teeth, bro. Yeah. Like, I want the, like... I don't know. I want all my chompers, whether they're mine or not. Hmm. It'll be mine because I paid for it. Okay. I, uh, you were talking about like stuff not fitting in your mouth right or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that feeling not from that, but just anytime, like, I don't know, you get, I was going to say get hit, but I don't get into fights, but just, I don't know, take a basketball to the face or something yeah. and things are off kilter. Like you ever like look at other people's teeth and you're like, how can they be comfortable with that shit? Like, whether they're nice or not, mm-hmm. you know, is irrelevant. It's just yeah. the idea of like, this is what is comfortable. Like I still have an overbite yeah. and I can't imagine not having an overbite. Like I stick my bottom jaw out and like try to imagine how other people close their mouth with their teeth hitting. Cause my bottom teeth fit under my top teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that if I smile, you almost only see my top teeth. That's what a mouth should feel like in my mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, like I have a real slight overbite, but I have like a real funky like uh, side bite. Like my right side, the top is like way over, and the left side is like not as much. I feel like, and it's comfortable, but you know that it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's like not if this was a dog show, you would get pointed. You you would get oh, yeah. marks off for that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Why do you have a red beard? Uh, I. W- there's until like a I, there's like a syndrome for that. Until I was like eight years old, I was a redhead. Yeah, but it, but that's like a common thing that people have red beards but not yeah. red hair. I'm not a ginger. I'm a daywalker. It's weird. I don't get it. It's like a vampire. No, I know, I know, but I'm saying like there's like a name for South that Park thing. thing. Well, I, it's redheadedness. It comes from a mutation in your genes, mm-hmm. and so it's a common mutation. Um. And uh, it, it leads to other things. Like, uh, I, I don't remember which. There is hot and cold pain and pinprick pain, like pointed pain. And one you feel more and one you feel less. I think that redheads are more sensitive to hot and cold and less sensitive to pinprick. Uh, also, it takes more anesthetic. Yes, I, I was definitely does because uh, we've talked about my redhead as a pussy. Mm-hmm. And, like, the doctors have said, like, lay off him. He's a redhead. He's a pussy. <laughs> like, it's basically what they said. Uh, is your phone hiccuping? I think that's the first time in, what is this, episode 90? I think that might be the first time I forgot to mute my phone. Hmm. Unprofessional. Yep. Cold in July? Cold in July. Synopsis. Uh, an overprotective father uh, shoots an intruder. And his life kind of spirals downward when the father of that person tries to at least intimidate him and his son. But then, like, there's another curveball and shit happens. Uh, Overprotective? Yeah. How's he overprotective? 
uh, he's very much like kind of scared and he puts the bars on all the windows and everything. That's after his house got broke into and well, he had to kill someone. that's the first thing that happens someone. in the movie. But he's not overprotective. I don't know. I read it on IMDb. <laughs> and it's stuck in my brain. <laughs> he's not overprotective. Uh, okay, let's get to the movie and we're co- we're going to have to revisit that because I totally disagree with that overprotective thing. Okay, fine. All right. Because I don't remember the movie is that well. So, uh, uh, overall thoughts? Uh, Good movie. Yeah. Good talk. <laughs> the end. Next week. Uh, all right. Next week. So Michael C. Hall wakes up. Uh, there's obviously somebody in the house. He goes out. He he gets his gun out of his out of his bedroom or mm-hmm. wherever. It's his dad's uh, gun. Uh, he goes out and he sees the guy standing in his living room. It's a kid. Like it's a teenager. What? The, he doesn't know Same. that. Yeah, I know. He, he he's just, what the like fuck? It. There's somebody in my house. What the fuck are they gonna do? Oh my mm-hmm. god! Holy shit! Cuckoo clock goes off. Boom. Yeah. Pulls the gun, shoots him, kills him, mm-hmm. dead. Nothing in that was overprotective, let me start with. <laughs> there was an intruder in the home, and then he was startled and shot and killed the guy. Not overprotective. You don't before know what happens before this movie. <laughs> Do you? Show me why he's overprotective. You're throwing out adjectives all over the place. Uh, I almost didn't say it. God damn it. Oh, you almost didn't say overprotective? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not sure that I agreed with it. but uh, And now you're committed to it. Now you're like, yeah, I got to find I every said excuse. It, so I have to defend it. I have I to find it. every fucking reason why I'm right. Yeah. Duh. Uh, so uh, the police show, including Nick DeMisi of mm-hmm. Stakeland fame from the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody's kind of consoling Michael C. Hall and trying to make him feel better because yeah. uh, he's obviously torn up. This is just an average dude uh, who just shot and killed somebody who turned out to be a kid. It's mullet Dexter. It is. His haircut is so perfect, isn't it? Yeah. Like, and he's got the shittiest mustache, just the shittiest thin mustache. That's not. So it's not full. Yeah. It's cut real short. Mm-hmm. It's, proportioned horror like everything about his clothes are a little too big because it's 1989 oh, again he definitely saw like icky breaky heart video and was like i want to do that but couldn't quite yes exactly and that's yeah. perfect and by he you mean the character yes. right because the film hit, hit, hits that perfect like yeah. he's he's this he's a dad he's he's a married dude in his 30s that is kind of trying to be cool mm-hmm. uh and his clothes are too big and i i, I just love the aesthetic of that yeah. completely um so he ends up going with nick demisi to the uh to the police uh, to the office to give a formal statement right mm-hmm. um and i love like this interaction between them because nick demisi is the sheriff uh lieutenant whatever he's the cop yeah. and he's telling him like this guy was kind of a turd you're a fine upstanding citizen let it go and michael c hall is like almost talking him into like prosecuting him or saying that he's wrong because you can see that he's like battling with this he's like he wasn't even armed i just shot and killed him what are you talking about like how is this not my fault uh and you're immediately immediately uh michael c hall you're like is ingratiating himself to you and you're really starting to connect with him Mm -hmm. um and Nick DeBisi's like, fuck this guy. I'm glad he's dead. I mean, 
he says it at the house, and it's it's basically like he's trying to cheer him up. You yes, know? exactly. Hey, I, I know who this guy was. Yes, he's a real dirtbag. Yes, uh, don't beat yourself up. about Don't beat it. yourself up yep. about it. And and that's what anybody would say to him. Yeah, right? and like, I, so, I, what does he say? Uh, uh, I don't know. He says Michael C. Hall says like, um, like how do you know you're such a bad guy or something? And he he says uh, like. I know shit when I step in it, mm-hmm. right? It's just like that's kind of the sheriff character. Yep, exactly. Um, Michael C. Hall gets home, and then this this always freaks me out. Not just in this movie, but they get home and they gotta fucking clean their house up because the yeah. police aren't the police aren't gonna clean brains off the wall. Nope. They could hire somebody and pay somebody a shitload of money, mm-hmm. but these are working class folks, so they're cleaning brains off the wall and like putting a tarp over their couch yeah and like because and they have to do it at night so that their son doesn't wake up to like that stuff yes and it's like that shit happens Mm -hmm. and it's horrific and it sucks like but again yeah i don't know like i don't know about that when like uh like a you know like a loved one is murdered or something you read about that yep and like you see that, and you just think like, but that, like she just lost her daughter or something horrific, you know, yep. and then now she has to deal with okay, yeah. Now I got to tear up I the gotta, carpet myself. Yeah, right. So now, yeah, I have to go with it. Go like go through it all over again. Yes. As I clean this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's horrific. Yeah. Uh, well, never want to have that happen. New. No. Uh, I do love their couch conversations. Like they talk about this couch and the couch keeps making these appearances throughout the movie because they have to replace the couch. Right. Uh, he ends up going and picking out a couch. Yeah. And she's like, what the fuck is this couch? We talked about a floral theme and everything is just so perfectly 80s. And I love it yeah. so much. Like they nailed it with this movie. Yeah. So he's like going around town. He buys bars for the windows. And he's like, these can get installed today. Is that overprotective? Would you say so? IMDb says so. <laughs> um, by the way, I'm not. I'm not saying that I. Pre- Obviously, you can tell if you've been listening to this podcast. I don't prepare for when you say synopsis mm-hmm. because it takes me by surprise every fucking time. Uh, that just that word just stuck in my brain from IMDb. Yeah. I like it. Uh. Yeah. So he buys those. He he picks out a new couch, and he's trying to just get on with his life mm-hmm. and do this. Also, when he's being interviewed uh, by Nick Demisi, he asks him what his occupation is, and he says framer. And I'm like, oh, he's a construction worker. And then they reference him like going into his frame shop to frame photos, and I was like, framer, I got it, biker, I got it. <laughs> Like, that's 100% in my mind. <laughs> I really thought he was a construction worker that framed homes. That's not at all what he does. I mean, he works with his hands. He, he builds things. He does. He does. Just a little bit more daintily. Yeah. So, um, it's they have the funeral for mm-hmm. this kid. Yep. Uh, and for some reason, he he goes. I mean, you say for some reason, but I think you've seen that yeah, he's conflicted kn- about you this. You know why. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he, but I think in his mind, it's for some reason he didn't know why he just felt like this compulsion to go there. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think not just because of what happened, 
but I think he realized that it was a dumb mistake to go there, especially because of what happens there. Yeah, he was wrestling but, with it. We, we've done those things where you're like, I shouldn't be doing this. I don't know if I should do this. But he felt some sort of obligation. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they do show all of that without telling that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, that's what you when you hire good actors. That's that's what happens. Michael yeah. C. Hall could can act that. Yep. Uh, Not whoever the fuck is on the cover of Come Back to Me. Uh, and the guy's father shows up mm-hmm. and uh, calls him out. Um, I think calls him out is a little aggressive. He very subtly, not so subtly, threatens, not threatens him. He totally made his presence known that he was not happy that he killed his kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. if you're already in that mode where you're buying uh, locks and bars for all of your windows, you're mm-hmm. going to take that as a threat. Yeah. And uh, I like the interaction where Michael C. Hall said he gave him, he gave me no choice, and he's like, "Yeah, probably." You still killed my son, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, doesn't. But that change. last part wasn't spoken. Yeah, no, 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 no. But that's exactly what it meant. Was like, that's true. Don't know if that matters. He's still fucking. He's still dead over there. Yeah. Um. So Michael C. Hall is kind of freaked out at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So he uh, has the wife and son kind of bail. Right. Uh, he well, he says, "Hey, you should." I'm trying to remember the order of things. So basically, yeah, he goes to the police officer and the the and is like, "Hey, the the guy just did this," and he's like, "He didn't say anything that I can act like take any action on. Just go home and and." But I know this guy too. He's a piece of shit too. He just got out of jail. Yeah. I know this guy. Yeah. Um, so then they go to a Mexican restaurant. Yep. And, and again, this is another awesome scene. Just yeah. like where he's getting short and snippy. He's because he's wrestling with this shit. Yeah. Uh, I think he, like both of he and his wife both understand kind of the gravity of the situation. Mm-hmm. But then he like takes it out on his son. Yes. And the mother very much does not appreciate that. Nope. Uh, they end up making it home and they find out the home's been broken into. Yeah. Uh, so there's only one person in Michael C. Hall's mind that it could be. Mm-hmm. And that's the dad of the guy that he killed. Yeah. And uh, so the, the cops come uh, and he's like, hey, uh, they sweep. Nobody, nothing's here. Um, but I'll tell you what, we are going to... Uh, no, there's no. I think there's still like nothing we can do. Then he shows up. Yes. And. Yep. Sorry, it's broken too. We don't know who that could have been. Right. Then there's uh the next night, maybe that same night. Yeah. Uh, you they, they hear crying from the kid's room, can't get in. Turns out, somebody was in the room. And right. it was somehow he sees him, and then that triggers the cops to stay there. Yes. They they can take action. Maybe it was just because of the break in. I don't remember. Details don't matter because this is a podcast and we should keep moving forward. Yeah, not you were the to, to dude. You were the fucking king of, of. You were the king of like that didn't happen yet. 
that didn't happen yet. I don't think I don't know that. <laughs> I we, can hate myself and be myself at the same time. If we made a Justin, I have that gift. If we made a Justin doll that you like pulled the string, that would be one of its phrases. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that didn't happen yet. You forgot about. Uh, I mean, I mean, see, even subtly, like when you said that the he took him to the the um the precinct mm-hmm. and told him all that stuff i let you finish and then i had to say well actually he did it at the house so let me continue <laughs> because i'm a fucking uh, i can't stop that's the first step is admitting there's a problem I can't not be right that's good. i know it's a problem yeah. i just don't know what the solution is mm-hmm. it's definitely not being wrong i can tell you that I can tell you that right now uh, I need to make everybody else realize that they should just defer to me. Yes. The world would be so much better if everyone deferred to me. I don't understand why that's a problem. Uh, why doesn't everyone see that? Yes. Uh, I hope Marianne doesn't listen to this part. So, so she will just fucking say, I told you so. Uh, so. Th- but I'm fe- big enough to admit it, Marianne. This, fe- <laughs> this feels weird in that you're like, would the cops do this? This doesn't right. seem like a cop move. Also, uh, I just want to point out that the lieutenant or whatever, the main guy, is like, "All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're we're hit up. We're hidden in the forest. Like we're hidden in the woods. I got this guy here. I'm going to leave, and that's going to like, you know, that's gonna say, hey, I'm leaving. But then like he's there. Like the whole point of it was him leaving." And he's, like, right there. So, like, he never left. He never seemed to make the show of leaving. Uh, oh, I get what you're saying. Sure. And that was the whole point. And that bothered me slightly. Uh, but we don't know that he didn't make a show of leaving and come back. We don't. But it bothered me. Um, uh, so they go to bed like normal. Turns out he was in the house the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say he's in the crawl space. Who calls an attic a crawl space? Yes, that was weird to me. A crawl space that was, is under the yes, house. Yes, you're absolutely right. And this is the moment when they can't get in. I was wrong before. It yeah. is just the break-in, and now is when he basically, again, without words, he threatens his son. Like He's like, I had the opportunity to fucking murder your son. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch out for me, is the is what's implied. Yeah. Like, I'm pissed That's off. That's right. The fir- They find... Uh, a, a single bullet. Yeah, no, it's a bunch of bullets. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, they he find steps a bunch on of bullets one. on his uh, child on his son's bed. Yes. Yep. That's why they, they did that. Yep. yep. And then uh, he just jets out the window again. To the implication being, watch your fucking back. I can come for your son just like you killed mine. Right. Um, and the cops are like, "Don't worry, we got him. We yeah, caught we him. Caught him He's crossing, the, crossing border. the border. Don't worry about it. All is well." Uh, why Which don't also you... tells you that the dad just wanted to scare him, and he made his point, and he's done. Yep. If they caught him crossing the border. Yep. Done. He he was done with it. Yes. But now he's being dragged back to the town. Yes. Um. Right. I don't I don't know if he is being dragged back to the town. I think they're like the border has him. It's over. I don't know if he's coming back to the town. So you don't think they caught him at the border? No. Because he's definitely at the town. Yes. I don't. I think in the the movie, they caught him in the woods or something. Hmm. Okay. I think the narrative that they sold Michael C. Hall is they caught him at the border 
it's all taken care of. You don't need to worry about it. Okay. That's what I that's what I took. Was like they caught him in the woods or something. Like I knew that they were liars. I guess I didn't know that they were liars at that time. No, so you took it for so what it was I, worth. I, I just took that at face value. Yes, I don't think that, that that's what happened. That makes sense. Um, because Michael C. Hall saw a picture of, of Freddy, who's right, the name that goes, they gave He to, goes to say, uh, basically, I think he's just there to say thank you. He's put it to put it to rest or whatever, yeah. or finalize the paperwork or whatever. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he has to sign two pieces of paper. That's yep. right to basically get off of police detail. Yes, uh, um, and then he like looks over and sees the Freddy's, Freddy's name, uh, yeah. and is like, "What the fuck? This is not the kid that I killed, Nick yeah. Demisi. What's going on with this? You're an idiot. That's the kid. Trust me. I don't yeah. think that's the kid. Trust me, it's the kid. Let it go. This is over with. Yeah. So again, Michael C. Hall really wants nothing more in his life than to be done with this. Mm-hmm. He can't get it out of his head, though. He's like, yeah. this isn't the fucking kid. He has a hard time sleeping. He's going to go just talk to Nick DeMacy again. Yeah. Uh, and he shows up, and he sees the guy, and that's why I think it's so surprising that he's there. That's why he wants to follow him, because immediately, as soon as he sees the fact that Freddy's dad is getting transported, yeah. that's why it's surprising, because he shouldn't be here. He yeah. should be at the border. So Michael C. Hall goes home, and it, like it was bothering him. Like It's like f- 2 a.m. or something. Yep. It's been bothering him all night. He goes to the precinct because he won't. He keeps calling, and they say, uh, "He says he's not, he talks to him one second, and then he calls back, and they say he's not here." Yep. Um, so obviously he's dodging him. It's bothering him. He goes back to the precinct. Yep. Uh, that's when he sees him being transported. He's like, "Something is fucking up yeah. again." Because do you agree with that? Like, it's not what you saw at the beginning, but that makes sense, right? That he thought that he was elsewhere. That's why he follows him. Maybe, I don't know. It's just weird because he was put into like an unmarked vehicle. He wasn't put into a police vehicle. He was just put into the back of an SUV. Exactly. So I think that would have been weird whether he thought he was there or not. Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he follows him and the cops are beating the shit out of the Freddy's dad and leave him on the railroad tracks. Break a bottle of alcohol mm-hmm. so that it looks like he would have been drunk. Fell asleep on the tracks and, yeah. and gets ran over. Um, and Michael C. Hall has a moment here where he's like, this guy just threatened to kill my kid twice, mm-hmm. but he's about to get ran over. But there's intrigue afoot. Yes. Uh, because he, he's convinced that something's happening. Yes. Uh, because he's convinced that the kid he killed isn't the guy that they're saying. Yeah. And he pulls him off the tracks. Yeah. And thus starts our buddy road comedy. I, I want to make a point right here. Okay. The whole point of this first act is that the cops ultimately are dirty. Yes. They use them as bait. They lie to him over and over again. Yep. They're, there's obviously a conspiracy here. Yes. Um, but we never see the cops again. And I feel like that was a little unsatisfying. Like, they are such a role in the first act of this movie. And, like, the last thing we see is this them being overtly dirty. And then, like, they're just gone. So, I don't know. There are moments in the back half of the film that yeah. just kind of need to breathe. Nick DeMisi shows up again at some point, and there's, like, the, the, uh, an awkward exchange, at least. When? Uh, I don't remember. We don't need to talk chronology. But he shows up at some point. But, but I get what you're I get your I point. I think he does. He definitely shows up again at some point. Hmm. I don't remember. Anyway. But it, like, because there's, the whole there's, ex- there's my point is that there's moments in the back half of the movie where you like you just kind of need to breathe 
that are like breathing moments that are really nice moments but then that that gave me a second to stop and think and then i realized hey i haven't seen the police since the fucking there's a track there's at least another and it bothered me a little there's bit. at least one more time where nick demisi and michael c hall are talking and nick demisi or michael c hall has that awkward i know more but i have to play it cool thing going and i don't recall exactly where that is but it's definitely there at one point it's maybe a phone conversation i don't i can't i can't say but nick demisi shows up another point um so now michael c hall saved this guy what the fuck is he gonna do so he takes him to the cabin still kind of scared of him mm-hmm. so he chains him up yeah. he, he, he handcuffs him um and then tries to talk to him and say i didn't kill your kid fuck you yes you did kill my kid no i didn't yes i did and then it's 25 minutes of not uh-huh. <laughs> no it's not uh um can i say something right here okay because this is around the point where i i uh kind of when they first set off because this is kind of when they first set off um maybe you don't have this point of reference i don't know how into them you were in high school did the soundtrack to this movie sound like bad corn music i didn't know or like corn at like all. jonathan davis was a i got like nothing no point of about reference. to start singing at any point zero idea it, it sounded like a lot of it sounded like they were trying to make corn music like oh this sounds like it's about to kick off into this and nope it doesn't i got nothing no i'm sorry mm. zero uh he convinces him let's dig up freddie's grave they dig it up, they find a body, taint Freddy, and all of his teeth are pulled and all of his finger na- fingers are cut off. Yeah, at the first knuckle. Mm, somebody doesn't want him to know who that is. Definitely. So uh, Freddy's dad calls in a favor from a friend mm-hmm. uh, who's Elvis Presley. <laughs> no, he's not. He's fucking, uh, oh, God, I forgot his name already. Burt Reynolds. No, he's the dude from Miami Vice. Never seen Miami Vice. <clears throat> Here's another fact. So Burt Reynolds just died. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the difference between Burt Reynolds and Tom Selleck. <laughs> like, uh, I know uh, they are two different people, but like, I heard Burt Reynolds died and I was like, oh, I love Mr. Baseball. Oh, fuck. That's Tom Selleck. Yeah. Like every people joke about Bill Pullman and, and uh, Bill Paxton Paxton. And yeah. I have that with with uh, Tom Selleck and Burt Reynolds. Uh, so there is, there's a, a website called T-Shirt Hell, and it's uh, more so like ten years ago. Um, but I used to get a lot of T-shirts there. They're just like stupid, awful things. I actually used to get them like um, all my Christmas gifts there. Um, like they're just really dumb things, like a picture of a clown with an axe that says "You can't spell laugh, you can't spell slaughter without laughter." Dumb shit like that. But also they like really push the envelope sometimes. Um, but they just came out with a new shirt the day after Burt Reynolds died. And uh, it was a picture of Tom Selleck and the the car from Magnum P.I. And it said R.I.P. Burt Reynolds. I, I thought like that, that was pretty good. Yeah, I like that. Um, so uh, he calls his buddy up who is Don Johnson. Don Johnson. It's motherfucking Don Johnson. Yeah. You have no point of reference for Don Johnson? Zero. Was he <sighs> Magnum P.I.? Robocop, Rocky, Die Hard. He was... Gone with the Wind. He was the 80s. 
It's like Don Johnson. He's no Michael Landon. <laughs> He's no Michael Landon. <laughs> the 80s were Ronald Reagan, Don Johnson, and Michael Jackson. Mm-mm. That's the 80s. No, you're wrong. The 80s was Ninja Turtles, Big League Chew, and uh, uh, those cool f- Trapper Keeper folders with like... You're uh, describing the 90s. The the 80s were my 90s. <laughs> um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the cartoon, started wearing yeah, from it was 1987, like to yeah. 1987 to 1996 over 10 seasons. And the first ep- the first season only had six episodes. Mm-hmm. So only like 20 episodes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles happened in the, f- in the 80s. Okay. Uh, it was... Trash can inseminated in the eighties. Now garbage pail kids. Those were the eighties. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so now you get like this uh, sly, clean, cool cat uh, convertible driving pimpy guy helping him out, right? And they start trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Um, and how do they actually get to Freddie at this point? So, uh, he, he's going through all the newspapers and a bunch of different stuff about him being dead. And then one, like on the front page, and then one tiny article about him flipping on the, like the Dixie mafia, Dixie mafia. I was going to say Midwest mafia. That's wasn't right. Dixie mafia. Um, yeah. So they go to track that down. They end up in a fender bender with the, uh, the guy that would live at the address, same address as him. Yeah. Uh, he's, in, he's in witness protection. Yep. And they, by deduction, find out where he lives. Uh, and they uh, end up getting into a scuffle mm-hmm. with this dude. Michael C. Hall ends up low-blowing him behind his back, which is awesome because he is not the the fighter guy in this movie. Yeah. And he ends up managing to take him out. Uh, and they, the guy has a, a, a trunk full of VHS tapes. Yeah, they'll just say batting practice. Yep, and this is where the movie Sinister, I think, or got its its idea from. You saw Sinister. It's the one with the tapes where it said, like, barbecue. Okay. Didn't you see Sinister? I did see Sinister. Yeah. But it's like, but isn't those are real, those are movie reels. And it's like kids hanging their family. Yeah, but they have a, a an innocuous title, like hanging out with the family. Uh, that's my point like or or family barbecue and it's the family getting barbecued or mowing the lawn and then it's the family getting cut by that's where i'm saying it's a very specific reference so obviously that's where they got it uh is it i feel like that's the whole premise of the movie didn't uh didn't sinister come out before yeah cold in july yeah okay no no Mm -mm. yeah no cold in july was like 2014 okay when was Sinister? Uh, well, I didn't live with the people I saw of Sinister. When, hold on, hold on, hold on. This Red was a Box. book. When was the book written, homeboy? Does the book describe tapes called? Uh, the, I think just it follows it pretty pretty darn close. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so they end up watching this video, and uh, this is a snuff movie. It's Sinister is two years, twenty twelve, two years before. Before the movie. Yeah. Uh, and so. And this, people don't read books. So. So this dude. <laughs> this dude. 
uh, finds out that his son is making snuff movies. Like, that's a fucking wallop, right? To to try to handle as a as a parent. Yeah, they specifically say, "Hey, you know, don't." Because see, the dad's upstairs, like, yes, taking a shower. Yep, and they end up letting him watch it, and they're like, "I can't watch this shit again." Which is weird because you have. Yeah. The, the the dynamic of this role has changed so much between, with Freddie's dad and Michael C. Hall because they literally were each at one point scared that the other one was going to kill them, right? Michael C. Hall was scared that he was going to be killed by him when he broke into his house. Mm-hmm. And then his dad was like, Michael C. Hall, you have me chained up in your house. And now they're like on this quest together. Like they've become the weirdest group of friends ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the point of the movie, yes. isn't it? Um, but I wanted to emphasize that. So okay. the dad comes out, and they're like, what do you think we should do? He's like, well, if a dog bites somebody, what do you do? you got two options. You can either cage it up or you put it down, and I sure can't cage up my son. Because he's, like, he's protected from by witness protection. Uh, he's protected by the government. So he's like, I'm going to fucking kill my kid. Yeah. And that's heavy, dude. That's a big thing. Yeah, well, you kind of skipped the part where he locks himself in the car with a gun for like 24 hours. Yeah, until he comes to that decision. That's true. Yeah. So he does wrestle with that for a wee bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're like, all right, let's go kill your kid. Yeah. Uh, And for the longest time, I was trying to figure out who Freddy is. He is on a new AMC show called The Lodge, which I know because they air like 20 million commercials during Better Call Saul for that fucking oh. show i was like that's jacks from sons of anarchy it is not i know but i kept and i knew it wasn't but i kept seeing it in his face and then i was like that's emilio whatever from walking dead and i was like that's definitely who that is so i looked at the imdb and i was like oh it is walking dead and i was like no this is walking dead three webisodes god damn it i just don't know who this guy is <laughs> he's from the lodge um, new show on AMC. So, Monday nights after Better Call Saul, they tra- <laughs> they track him down, right? Yeah. Uh, and they have a shootout, and he kills his kid. The end. Basically, Michael C. Hall gets his ear shut yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like we just summarized that really, really quick, which we did. But like, this movie is not about. It's not about what happens. No, it's, it's a character a, piece, and yeah, and it's about getting to that point like it's watching these guys relationship changes that goes throughout and it's uh i think it's super well done uh you know the kind of movie you're watching when like the shootout ends with him shooting his son and then he's like who are you and he's like i'm your dad he's like are you really my dad and he says yes and then blows his brains out like i don't even think he says yes he says like i'm pretty sure i think so or something along those lines. I thought he just said, yeah, I don't know. I think he says, as far as I know, was the quote. Maybe. As far as I know, and then shoots his son in the head. Yeah. Uh, I really like this movie. Yeah. Um, it's a really good movie. And I would say it's better than Come Back to Me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good. Um, next week? Next week. Next week. First movie. First movie. Uh, 
comic gem lies behind the horror? Freddy, Jason, Michael, we all need someone to look up to. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. So, it's like a vignetted shot of uh, like a suburban like house tree. And then like a woman with like a weird nothing mask on and some sort of scythe or weird ice pick thing in her hand. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is that a scythe? That looks like a scythe, but it's shaped weird. Or maybe it's just the angle from the shot. To really check out those pictures on the back. Who you got there? Uh, oh, look, people I recognize but can't name. Is it Ethan Hawke? It's not Ethan Hawke. Uh, people. Uh, okay. Is that? What's the movie going to be about? It's not Robert England. Who is that? That's Robert England. Is Robert England? Yeah. Okay. Because he looks more wishmastery than uh, anything. <laughs> that Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I thought that this was going to be like a weird documentary mockumentary thing, but I, from the things in the back, it doesn't look like that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be like straight up just a slasher movie but played for laughs okay uh you've lamented i have a poster of this and you've lamented the tagline that's on the poster before which is either don't quote me on the two weapons here but it's by axe by knife by bye and you've complained about it before okay okay good i mean that sounds like something that i would say is stupid yes okay movie number two (laughs) movie number two uh oh yay tucker and dale versus evil this is something that I've like, like before this podcast I wanted to see, but mm-hmm. since we started this podcast, like I've really wanted to see, but haven't watched because I figured it would come up at some point. It's uh, here, yeah. So yeah, these are two guys who are like accidentally slashers, right? It's like comedic f- final destination, but it looks like they're the killers. Okay, I'm pretty sure. There's a scantily clad woman on the front, so it knows its audience. Mm-hmm. Which so, one are we going to like better? Uh, probably Tucker and Dale versus Evil because it's got Alan Tudyk in it, who is a delight. Uh, I was going to say this for next week, but I, well, you talked about Alan Tudyk now, so I'll talk about it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Horror Hound with my wife a couple years ago, yeah. uh, and we met Alan Tudyk, had him sign our Tucker and Dale versus Evil poster, mm-hmm. and uh, I was told him that I spent my entire fucking summer with him because it was right after Wreck-It Ralph came out on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and all we did was watch Wreck-It Ralph. And he, <laughs> have you seen Wreck-It Ralph? Yeah, he's the it's king, great. right? He's King Candy. Yeah. So he immediately busted into his King Candy voice <laughs> and was like, "Sorry about having to spend." I'm not going to try to do King Candy, but yeah. he just talked to us the rest of the time in King Candy, like making fun of us and apologizing simultaneously for having to watch that movie a That's thousand awesome. times so have you ever seen the movie death at a funeral yes that movie is fantastic uh, and it is alan tudyk and peter dinklage that make that movie uh which one you know there's two right i'm talking about the one with alan tudyk in it which is the first one the yeah. original 
Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Not the not the remake with black people, and also I was uh, just Alan make, Tudyk. I was. It, uh, that would that's it's a dry fucking British comedy, right? Yeah. Like, I don't understand why that became like a black comedy. I, I, and when I say black, I comedy, was going to say you mean, need I don't to clarify mean, like, dark humor comedy. Yeah, not very. Bad I mean things, like Soul Plane, like Tyler Perry. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know what it is about that movie that made. Like, I get. Okay, you know, a lot of um, movies targeted at black people. Like that black comedy thing, it usually happens around like a central event, like, you know, like a meal or something, like family coming together. And I get that that's kind of the premise, but just make a movie about a funeral, like funny things happen. Yeah. Why did you make this thing that's so dry? I never saw it. I kind of want to I at think some I point. Did. I wish we had a podcast where we did remakes, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would be a good one, except there's not any <laughs> horror to it. Eh, we can do what we want. We make the rules here. It's true. Uh, it's it's about a corpse, so boom it fits horror. There's my in. Boom. Um, I mean, gr- granted, uh, Cold in July is pushing it. I mean, it's got snuff. It's got revenge in it, you know. Yeah. But it's really ultimately a character movie that's about people hanging out with people they normally a, wouldn't hang out it's, with. It's a psychological thriller. Sure. At least for part of it. Yeah. Um, Justin, what else you got? I tried to sneak up on you there. Did you like it? You thought <laughs> yeah. we were still talking. It was good. Justin, what else you got? Do you, do you have any cookies? 